Hello, my kings, queens, and in between, and welcome to the Divine Queries Podcast. This is the space where we embolden you to be who you are, wherever you are, and give you the tools and the resources and the magic to do so. So thank you for joining. My name is Shauna Williams, and I am the Mystical Minister, and I identify with the pronouns of she, her, and they, and I respect how you choose to identify. I am the author of The Spiritual Magic of a Queer POC, and I am excited to host this show for you with my guests that we have on. So grab you some tea and water and sit back and enjoy this episode. Hello, beauties. I don't know why I feel like this is my first episode this year, but also because of the rapid transformation that's been happening and all of the shifts in the planet right now, let's just say this is my first one of the year because right now is truly all that matters. My first, my first solo podcast episode of 2020 or 2021. Where are we? What's happening? I don't know. So I wanted to take this time to really speak clearly on where I stand Um, in this one particular area. So this show, this episode is about the portrayal of white women um, in my personal life, not in society, because this episode would be like 20 years long and we got time for it, but I don't have the energy for that. And so I like things to be powerful, impactful, and laser. So this is about the portrayal of white women in my personal life. And I'm bringing this episode to you guys because of the need and the desire that's been placed on my heart as I've been moving through this um, evolution, this wounding, this reality, and to also make it very clear on where I stand. So I have always been one that's been a bridge for the races, for people, so on and so forth. I've spoke about it before. I've written about it before. Um, And as we are in these new times, if we choose, I want to be very clear that I will not play any part in the old narratives of race and um, oppression. And I will not be in conversation that um, it's like, oh, that white person, that black person, where that's coming up, like this person, this is their name. This this is what they look like. This is who they are. Um, if we're describing people to be able to have an understanding, but I will no longer engage in the toxic um, correlation and identification of race and racism and um, all of that. So where I do stand and where I will give energy to is the healing that happens as we bridge in this time. And that's what this episode is about. It's about telling an aspect of me that I got to heal, that I denied for the longest time, and that I've been blessed to be able to have it unearthed and for me to look at it, to be with it, to cry through it, to move through it, to just be angry and um, get to the other side to where I can actually record this podcast. And that was all in less than 24 hours that that whole evolution happened. Um, that is something that I'm very grateful for is that I can clear things, shift through things very rapidly. And it wasn't always that way. And so I am moving through this. I mean, it was brought up through an exchange of projection from someone else trying to project their 
their insecurities, their issues, their blocks, their resistance onto me. And as I was feeling into it and clearing it, I was like, ah, this is very familiar. You know, like, you know, working in this line of work, working in mental health, like transference and projection happens, being in a relationship, being human, transference and projection happens. And I just decided to take a moment with it and just like sit with it. I'm like, oh, this energy is very familiar. And um, it's deeper than just this experience. So I got curious with it. And I was just like with my heart, really breathing into feeling, um, being, allowing my thoughts to be. And what came up and what came through was just like how many times I have allowed in the past for white women to project their shit onto me, their insecurities, their issues, their unworthiness conversations, their whatever, um, their inability to communicate or have healthy communication or healthy relationships, um, projecting that onto me. And then in the past, I would take like, I would make it to where it was mine. But now I'm so much more beyond that, that like, I absolutely, I I am revolted by it. Like I cannot Um, allow it. And I have like super healthy boundaries, which I'm very proud of myself because it took a lot of pain, which it doesn't have to, for me to get there. And a lot of me taking on stuff that was never mine for me to get to where I am now. And so as I was in this discovery, I experienced a lot of anger and I was just like, man, what the, what the fuck? Like I was very disappointed in myself and then also having compassion because I didn't know what I didn't know at that time. But now being able to come back to it and move through it in a different way, I can add a different lens and more tools to it. So as I started to move through this and breathe through this, I was just like, and over the last 20 hours or however long, like different scenarios have come up and less less emotion attached to it, just really like this clear awareness of like, oh, in this, oh, in this. And so... I'm allowing myself this time to really see it. I I wrote about it in my journal and um, I'm making this episode. And my intention, as I said before, is to to show you and to reveal to you um, something that's been very deep seated and something that can very much so hinder our progress because I've been someone that has denied this betrayal. I've been someone who has just overlooked it haven't really like swept it under the rug, like, oh, it's okay, it's fine, like I'm here for the big vision, you know, but in this human body and this human experience and with these human emotions and being blessed to be here, I also get to acknowledge these things that have created this perpetual um, reality of race separation, racism, and, um, and sexism and all of that stuff. And I mean, separation in general. So I believe that when we deny aspects of reality and that's playing out in our personal life and personal offenses, then we create the energy to perpetuate the very thing that we do not want. And sometimes we think that by being passive or pretending like things don't bother us, we're, we're passively acquiescing. And that is not something that I'm here to do. So this was very, very, very deep. And um, I'm very, very grateful for all that presented this to come up. And so in some of these betrayals that I've been thinking of, and I'm not going to share all of them, because again, that would take a lot more time than what I want to allow for this episode. Um, But it brings me back to when I started working in mental health, which was in 2010. I started working at my first treatment center 
And I started working in the youth department. So I started working with adolescent male and females. And um, there was a coworker there that I think she was a therapist at the time or also over the, the youth staff because she was a youth therapist or getting ready to move into being a youth therapist, but was over the youth staff. And she hated me. Like from day one, I smile on my face, doing my job, showing up, holding groups, doing all of that stuff. She could not stand me. And, um, and it was a very toxic environment. Like there was a lot of crazy stuff going on, but, um, this was actually where I learned that like, I had to take care of myself first because mental health profession does not take care of you. So I'm there just doing my thing, showing up. She would complain about me whenever she could. And finally, the director of the youth staff sat me down and he was like, Lashana, there are always going to be curmudgeons in your life, you know, but like, I know the work that you do and I see you basically. And just like, also saw what was happening. Like this girl had it out for me and, and he saw it. And I eventually like within the year got promoted into a different department and left that energy. But like she would have had me fired if she could have. And so that's like one form of betrayal. And then I get to, um, I evolved in this company. I was with them for four years and I get to where I'm doing admissions and intake and assessments. And I took, I took all of my positions here very seriously because I am all about confidentiality and supporting people and getting the help that they need wherever they are. And so I played by the rules very much so all about policy and procedure as well. And um, there was a girl that was newer that was also working in the intake department, full of drama. She was one of those people that we were kind of like, is she using drugs? Is she not? I don't know, maybe, um, but very much so unstable. And um, just like, I had no energy for it. Like all of my walls of boundaries were up. Like I didn't give her too much of my energy, too much of my conversation. We had a very full staff. There were people that I was very clear on that like I wanted to share my energy with and people that I was very clear on that like I did not want in my energy field outside of the fact that we had to share the same office space. And she was one of those people. But this one day, um, she was doing something and like it was out of alignment with policy. And um, I corrected her and I was just like, oh, this is how you do that. And she goes off on me. And I mean, like in the, in front of the window, go like where clients are and clients are coming in, parents are coming in, they're in distress and she's just like losing her shit. And I'm just standing there like, okay, like, are you done? Like, is, is this it? Like, do you see how you're acting right now? And, and once she was done throwing her insane fit, I was like, all right, I'm going to go to management. Like, didn't say anything back to her in response to her hysterics because it was very hysterical. Didn't like, didn't get an attitude, was very calm, cool, and collected. I went to my management, I went to HR and I reported them and there were witnesses. Like everybody was like, yeah, she was completely freaking out of line. Like that was unnecessary. So after being with this company for four years, she did not get fired. She did not get like reprimanded. There was no apology. There was nothing like that. They were like, so what did you do? You know? And I was just like, oh, and also HR was white. My manager was white. My manager was a white, um, gay male. 
And then my HR was a white woman. And I was just like, I saw them then. Like I saw very clearly that there was no loyalty or no honor to me. And I should have, and like, there were moments where I was like, I should have just lost my shit back on her, you know? But like how I've always conducted myself is like, I want to not burn bridges and I want to leave on a high note and on a high road and being an example of how things should be, even if no one else is doing it. And I've been that in that level of integrity for at least the last like 14 years of my life. And so I was on that note and um, I quickly realized that like I needed to leave this job. And so at the same time, my friend had also died of an overdose. And so there was a lot going on on my end. And um, I eventually moved to Florida. And this is all like just the work related, like this is work trauma, work, um, like institutional racism and also betrayal. Um, Because I work my butt off. Like if this is why I work for myself now and then I have partnerships with people who are in alignment, but like I give so much to the energy in which I'm focusing on. And if that's work, then it's work. And that energy is never reciprocated back in full appreciation and honor. And I'm sure a lot of you guys can um, relate to that as well. So I moved to Florida and I had some experiences of being very shocked by the ethics and the way that treatment was ran there. And just like all of the like patient brokering and trafficking and all of this crazy stuff. I was like, what is happening here? I am not in Tennessee anymore. It was pretty wild. Um, but I worked in, um, finance and admissions at a place. And then I got promoted to being a supervisor of admissions at a detox center in Jupiter, Florida. And as I was there, came in, hired all new staff, like the previous manager before me had left before I got there. I was pretty much dropped in to this facility. Didn't know any of these people, didn't know any of their policies. They were still writing admissions. Everything was still on paper. Nothing was electronic. So I came in, hired the staff, created a training program because there was no training program, created a nonviolent communication pamphlet that they they acquired because it was their property because I created it while working there for the staff. And so I created this whole training thing, hired consultants to come in or communicate it with. I didn't hire them presented, um, uh, like, uh, um, what do you call it? Presented a proposal. You can say, we can just say I presented a proposal to management and to the director to that. It would be in our best benefit as a business to hire these consultants. So we got consultants to come in. I moved everything online. Um, then we were moving from that. So hired people created a team, conducive atmosphere where we had like outings and all of that stuff with the team, um, had a very healthy team dynamic where my staff respected me. Um, and then I had a boss that was just kind of like untrustworthy to say the least. And, um, also like had a lot on her plate and also had this very, um, very distinct way of being a female boss. Um, one of those ways that's like, she was very religious, not spiritual, but she was very religious. So like for my birthday, she got me this little box that was like this prayer thing. 
And she would like check in and be like, oh, you know, got this, got that. But like had this very deceitful energy about her and would like turn her head and talk about you or lie on you. It was very deceitful. So like typical Southern Christian things, if you know that whole prototype of person, and I know that very well because that's where I come from. Um, so I'm, I'm giving a thousand percent working on learning as we're shifting from the format that we have that I've now implemented. I have changed this entire infrastructure around to something that's very supportive. Also like having clients coming in, our mission team is kicking butt, like working with marketing very well, doing tours, doing all of that, creating this position even further because there wasn't, there weren't any like expect, like there were clear expectations but there, it wasn't really, there wasn't great policy and procedure. And so like I created that as well. And so after I create all of this, um, we're getting ready to move into the call center and expand. And so I'm in these conversations on expansion. I'm like, I have a seat at the table and then I don't have a seat at the table. And then they're talking about bringing in this white man to, um, to, to take over my position, but like work alongside of me kind of it was very unclear he was gonna like I was told that he's gonna come in to to um, assist with sales and I was like hmm okay um and then like I was called in again and because there was like hearsay in the in the office space about like him coming in to take over my job so anytime I hear anything I take it straight to the source I don't care if that's the CEO my supervisor my friend my family I'm gonna take it straight to them so I would sit down and have these conversations with my supervisor, the woman, and I, I would also sit down with the CEO and have conversations with him. And they lied to me straight to my face every single time. But what came out was that he actually was coming in to take over my job. They were not going to tell me until it was actually like infiltrated and implemented after all of what I created and like the shift that I did. I was like, there's no fucking way that this is going to go down like this. So I had all the conversations that I needed to have. I put in my two weeks notice and I think I put in a month's notice because again, this is the type of person that I am. I'm like, I know that you guys are fucking me over here and lying straight to my face, but I'm going to give you a month's notice so I can help to train whomever I need to train. I can make sure that you guys have everything that you need to have in place. And then I'm going to peace out. And my boss was like, no, no, we don't need you to be here for a month. You can leave now. Because she then felt some kind of way. And it was like, I gave you many opportunities to tell me the truth and you still lied to me. But that's like one of those situations where I was lied to and lied to and lied to and betrayed. Like, I'm not even telling you guys like all of the other little things that happened that were huge things, like ways in which um, I was betrayed and lied on in that whole procedure. Like they, they wrote me up for something like so made up, like it was something that like, this was, this was the first thing when she called me into her office and she was like, yeah, I'm going to have to write you up. And I was like, for what? And it was like something that was so far fetched that I was like, that isn't something to be written up for, but they created a way to do it. So it was like, they were trying to have on paper reasons to fire me in which there was really no reason to fire me. So and I mean, like I can own up if there was something that I did or like if I didn't, if I was like half ass in my job, but I've worked, I've worked, I would do like 60 hours, 80 hours work weeks. 
I would have the phone with me to where I worked even when I was at home. I had no vacation. I worked all the time for these people. So this, the lesson in this was that I will not ever do that again. I will never sacrifice myself for another company or a business. Um, so I learned that in 2015, 2015, 2016, and um, felt very betrayed by this lady. And she would try to come back again, you know, after the fact, like, oh, I didn't, it wasn't like this. It wasn't like that. I was like, oh, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. And like, I could say that, oh, I should have handled it this way. I wasn't disappointed in how I handled it. And I didn't feel like I should have like gone off or, you know, set things more straight because they, karma is, is, is a, is a, is a, a, karma is loyal. (laughs) Karma is definitely loyal. And that guy like crashed and burned. He started back using, which I don't wish that on anyone. He was very deceitful. He was not like, he was there for maybe three months and flipped their entire system upside down. So karma handled that. Um, And so those are some stories in which like white women have betrayed me very clearly, especially in the workplace in which that can affect my livelihood. And, but like all along spirit had me and my eyes were wide open to where I could see and I was able to handle them correctly. But it doesn't mean that it didn't piss me off, disappoint me or hurt me. But in those times, I didn't really allow for time for being hurt because I was like, okay, next thing, like, what am, how am I going to get out of this situation? They're fucking me over. They're not respecting me. This is this place is no longer for me. What's the next thing? And so, like, obviously, anything that I was feeling in the moment, I would feel. But things like that, like traumas like that, um, harm like that, takes a little bit more than just like a second to feel through. And um, sometimes it's delayed. And so. I didn't really spend the time on those things. Um, and then when I did have some time, I would, I would spend it and I would be in meditation and things like that. Um, but just like little pieces of it crept in. And that's why it's coming up now. of like, Hey, Shauna, like fully look at this. It's okay to be upset about it. It's okay to feel it. It's okay to own that this shit has happened. Um, and to like release it to this next evolution of what I am co-creating in this world. And so you know, a lot of times, like I, I didn't realize that I had the limiting belief that white women were better than me. Like this, this, um, this, this, uh, the systematic world belief and, um, mirroring that the world has done of like white people are better. White women are better like that is integrated into myself. And so I thought that white women were better than me. I thought that like they would come around and take my partner if they wanted to and um, that like my livelihood was at stake. And so I already gave like examples of where like they could have fired me or like like made it to where I didn't have a paycheck to pay my bills. Like I spoke into that. I also have another example, but I'm not going to speak into that. What I am going to speak into is that like that limiting belief wasn't just made up. Not only has it been mirrored by society, but like I've also experienced it in my life and as well as other people of color that are in biracial relationships where they'll be out with their partner and they'll see a white woman and they'll like give their person that like white girl gaze of like, I know that I can take you, you know, of that like entitlement of like, oh, why are you with her? Why are you with them? Why are you with him? You're supposed to be with us, you know? Um, And so that's definitely there. And so this is something that, you know, we absolutely get to heal from, get to heal through first acknowledging it, 
And what I've been experiencing in these spaces is that there's just this continuation of talking about it and no shitting and getting off the pot, no healing and getting on down the road. It's just talking about the harm, the harm, the harm, the harm, the harm, or the denial, the denial, the denial, or the guilt, the guilt, the guilt and shame. Um, And then like, you know, people of color mixing with uh, like groups of white people coming on and just like jumping on the bandwagon of perpetuating that same conversation instead of getting into solution. And I have said this in these circles um, and I don't want, I don't have the energy for that. And again, what I do have the energy for is if you're ready to heal from these racial disparities, from this, this world that was created um, of race separation, then I'm here for that conversation. I'm here to get us to the other side and to bridge to where we can be equal and, and honoring the land and honoring the history truly. And so on that note, I want to read something that a friend of mine sent me uh, about a month or so ago. And um, I'm going to leave you with it for you to decide on your own. So let's take the matter, this matter, a step further. If you accept the scientific view that humans evolved from apes, then you must ask, where did the first humans appear? If you have spent even a minimal amount of time with the works of the anthropologist, Louise Leakey, you know the answer is Africa. Now we must seize the opportunity to cleanse ourselves of the dangerous evil racism. If human life began in Africa, then she must be revered as the mother of humanity. Acceptance and reverence of this fact will stop a lot of insanity. If you are serious about your spirituality, you will see that white women must stand in support of their mother and see black women as their mother's sisters. And black women must look beyond the 500-year-old veneer of distorted history and recognize their sisters' daughters. We are children of a common womb. In this spiritual sense, everyone on the planet, black and white, female and male, gay, straight, and bisexual, is kin incarnate. Were we not that, would we be kin in spirit on another plane? Were we not that, would we be kin in spirit on another plane? I feel like I needed to reread that. So take the time now to give racism a dishonorable burial. Let us starve him out, deprive him of his spirit, eradicate his name. Also, practice fidelity to the principle of reverence. Look around you. Is your dress made of Japanese silk? Yes. Then revere those ancestors. Having cornbread with dinner tonight? Recognize the work of the Native American. Is that salsa music playing on your radio? If you just love the stuff, then salute your Latin ancestors. We can no longer afford to be tribal. There has already been too much physical and cultural interchange for that. Thank goddess. What we must do now is is turn to Mother Earth and salute her for allowing us to live on her body. We must feed her, sing to her, and regard her and all her creations with loving reverence. For example, I praise the wind goddess and the Wright brothers every time I board an airplane. Speaking from experience, I assure you that if you internalize this attitude, you will be rewarded with the feeling of never walking alone. And so you can rewind that and listen to it again. But I am here for the burial of racism and for the reverence of where we all come from and the honoring of that and the honoring of each other um, and the truth of who we are. So 
as I was moving through all of that, that I just spoke on over the less than 24 hours, I had lots of tears come through. I have lots of, I have lots of words to write down. Lots of tears are just like silently poured from my face. And I mean, like from hours for hours, I would be in a meditation or on a call with a group and in, in the zone of meditation and prayer and just tears would fall. And it was just that falling away from my, from my DNA, falling away from my lineage and falling away from my body and my cells. And sometimes it's just that simple, even though that may seem like a scary thing to go through. I knew that I wasn't alone, Um, but sometimes it's that simple. I don't need to sit and talk it through with a bunch of people, or I don't need to like sit and talk about it in ceremony or ritual or anything like that. I can just simply see it and say, yes, the spirit that I'm ready to release it when it's coming up, feel it. And there may be more stuff that comes through today that I may feel as it's releasing still. Um, But I simply allow it to be without drama, without added drama. Because I could have taken this to someone and they would have been like, oh, girl, yes, those white people are, oh, gosh, girl, I'm so sorry for how we treated you. I don't need any of that energy. I need transmutation energy and to let it go as I step forward and as we step forward. So, again, my fellow humans, beings, light beings, all of that we are. Remember why you were here and remember the truth. And let's go beyond the victim consciousness into collective consciousness that serves humanity and our evolution. All right. Remember that you are holy, holy, and innocent. And I will see you guys on the other side. Much love. Thank you all for listening in to this episode and feel free to share it on your social media platforms. You can tag me in it. If it's on Instagram, I am at I am Shauna, S-H-A-U-N-N-A underscore Williams, W-I-L-L-I-A-M-S. And if you would like to check out my offerings and the other resources that are available to you, you can go to my website at www.mysticalmys.com. T-I-C-A-L minister M-I-N-I-S-T-E-R dot com and I have a 90-day program where I work with people. I have my Mystic Rebel Academy where you can take classes from me and I also do individual sessions with people either in person or remotely. So there are many ways that we can work together in the world and I look forward to seeing you guys out there in the real world. Take care.